0: Look who is podcasting.
1: And I can't remember what we were talking about, but they said, We're adulting now. Yeah. I was like, No, don't say that.
2: Yeah, it's And <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> like a thing I saw the other day on Instagram and I was like, yeah, as much as you're right, I'm not gonna like this or anything. Um
1: stop reminding me of my it was perpetual how, arrested development yeah, in life. It was
2: about how all the things you you they were like you didn't <laughs> want to do when you were a kid and now yeah. the things you do want to do. Yeah. Like stay home yeah you know my quiet life. night in my like kind of stuff when you're a kid you're like oh it sucks i just want to go out and see my, <laughs> my friends fuck you mum. fuck you, dad like what are you doing fucking me up at home and you're like
1: i'm gonna go to the skate park yeah huh?
2: exactly and then now you're just like fuck i'm going to skate park i'm just gonna it yeah. go home like sorry guys effort.
1: i can't go to the pub um, <laughs> i'm not feeling great i'm gonna stay home and play elden ring exactly for, for seven to eight hours yeah <laughs> yeah no, I'm... I, you know, just go to
2: bed at a good time, get a good night's sleep, all that kind of stuff.
1: Like, oh, amazing. You know, my yeah. life right now is, you know that Simpsons joke where Homer's on the couch sleeping, but he's dreaming about being on the couch sleeping? That's my life right now. <laughs> just dreaming of sleep. Um, I did buy a toy, talking about Arrested Development. I bought this... Um, Umbrella Entertainment had this like Razorback uh kind of like you know mega pack where you get like a cool book i got a little razorback uh, toy razorbacks that old osploitation yeah 80s movie about a giant amazing boar. so like, i did buy a toy recently technically
2: <laughs> amazing i've never seen
1: it you can borrow the blu-ray man that's I'm, the i think i might have to you gotta bring that big that's box home so cool yeah um yeah so that was fun that's a little side note but yeah we're here we're back uh this is look who's podcasting i'm tristan and i'm jimmy Yes, we're on the quest to actually introduce ourselves properly this yes. time around.
2: Yeah, I was thinking in that last episode, uh, in the Arnie episode, I don't mm. think I actually... I think you did, but I'm not sure if I actually introduced myself. Nah, it's okay. So I'm going to have to... Uh, I think I liked I called dub, you by dubbing, your name quite a bit. Dubbing my name or something. Yeah. Um, but, speaking of that episode, I was going to say...
1: Well, oh, yeah, let's uh, let, let's get into it. I mean, we're, we're doing the 80s run. Yes. Uh, this is another one of our 80s episode. We kind of run through a bunch of our favorite movies in this particular little 80s subgenre and then we pick our favorites. Last week, we picked Terminator. We did Arnie movies. We did. We both picked Terminator as our favorite. Such a banger movie.
2: Yeah. Oh, so yeah. good. And yeah. I was just, uh, just going to say, I, after recording that episode, mm. uh, I was thinking about just... You know, how much I love that movie. Um and it just took me back to my childhood and how much we talked about in the episode about how the special effects, even though they were dated, they had a charm to them and we could look past, past their their potential flaws. Uh it reminded me of when I was a kid and how much like the that future scenes just really captured my imagination. Yeah. And I remember loving the Skynet video game, the old P- PC one. Did you ever play that? I mean, what was uh, the other one? I think it was called Terminator 2029.
1: I, I remember like an arcade game where you had a massive gun um, oh, that you yes, had to hold cool and that was the futuristic scene where you were shooting yeah. Terminators. Uh, that's all I pretty much remember of Terminator games.
2: Yeah, so that one as well. Um, all of them I think I loved uh, hugely because – it took me to that world that I wanted to see more of. Yeah. Because oh, I yeah. loved the, just the, uh, just the imagery of the the big robots stepping over the skulls of, piles of skulls of hundreds of humans and all that kind of imagery. Oh, it was like so brilliant. cool and like creepy as a kid. And I was like, oh, wow. Like I get to see more of that world in these video games. Yeah. So I don't know how good those games were. A lot of them were just essentially Doom clones and probably poor ones. Yeah. But... Uh, I got to see more of the world of Terminator. So I was all about it.
1: Yeah. I remember um, uh, Robocop versus Terminator was meant to be good. I'd never played it. You know, but that, that Terminator movie, man, the first one is the only one. I know I said this before, but it's the only one that feels more like a horror movie. Like when I was a kid, that movie felt dangerous. That mm-hmm. opening intro with the the cool music and the skulls getting crushed. Yeah. And you know that those skulls would have been like really tiny, you know, with oh, this yeah, toy thing going over it, crushing them. But yeah, that movie felt dangerous. I remember. Um, I'm not sure how I got onto this, but when I was younger, I remember reading my mum's diary. Sorry, mum. And she, but one of the diary <laughs> entries from that, you know, early 90s or late 80s or early 80s, even it could have been, was that uh, my dad had hired this awful, terrible film about a robot that went around killing people called Terminator. And I just had that in my head of like, this movie is called Terminator. That sounds intense. And then, yeah, like the movie has these great intense scenes. It's funny looking back now watching it and just having all these fun little dated bits and bobs. But I just, you know... I know I'm covering the same tracks, but I just wish Terminator had given us another film that was equally meeting that mm-hmm. horror intensity vibe. Mm-hmm. You don't get any of them after that. No, you don't. No, they, they try uh, here and there, but um, they're going for more blockbuster action than smaller scale smaller scale horror. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Anyway. And, I mean, that was, you know, Jim Cameron is partly to blame for that, I think, a little bit. I think he yeah. also wanted to go that, that route, but oh, uh, yeah. still... Yes, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah Terminator Two uh, is—I mean, uh, I incredible. It. I love it, but it does it definitely is more in that blockbuster action, yeah, than the original was.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, holy shit. Maybe we should just go on a bit more about Terminator. <laughs> we, <don't. laughs>
2: we could. All I will say is, though, I think it was an easy pick in a lot of ways, and well, maybe not an easy pick, but it was definitely the right pick mm. for the best '80s Arnie movie. Uh, I think I'm very happy with our decision. As much as, you know, um, Conan is up there, Predator is up there. Ah, I think Terminator is a clear winner. I'm very happy. No,
1: you're right, man. I I was on Team Conan for so long leading up to that podcast. But then as we were getting closer to it and I was just, you know, reading up on Terminator, watching clips online, I was like, ah, it really really hits that sweet spot for me of 80s nostalgia. Mm Mm-hmm. Arnold, a nostalgia, and And then being a great movie, and then just being a yeah, fucking tip top movie, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. but we're actually here to talk about teen movies, we are
2: very, (laughs) very different movies.
1: Um, so I guess you know, Sarah Connor was a teenager in the first Terminator movie. Oh,
2: yeah, okay, there's a little link, but um,
1: no, we, we this episode we picked uh 80s teen movies as our category, and I guess that can mean Lots of different things, but think more, you know, like John Hughes sort of stuff, I guess. Yeah. You, you probably it, have a bit more on the 80s stuff.
2: Well, very easily could have been basically the best of John Hughes' 80s. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because he obviously made a lot of these movies, but I think, yeah, you think you kind of nailed it. It's just going to be movies that uh, obviously star teenagers mm-hmm. and about teen, teen issues, um, when There's a lot of them. There's a lot of teen movies. Um,
1: there's like sub genres of teen movies. Oh, totally. My favorite was the horny high school teen movie. Yes. <laughs> no, yes. I didn't like those that much. There's a
2: lot of those. I feel like I was thinking about it, like, and we talked about it briefly. That I think it kind of, I think I said to you, it kind of falls into four different camps mm-hmm. of uh, teen, 80s teen movies. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about it earlier today, and I think it actually is more like six. Okay. But anyway, this is no, uh, there's no scientific uh, method to this. This is just something you have, you know, top of the old chrome. All right, Oppenheimer, yeah. Um, and
1: <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, so Didn't yes, yes as you said, there's
2: the sleazy, horny comedies. So you obviously, you got your Porkies, your Revenge of the Nerds, your Risky Business, weird science, yeah, like so on.
1: Bikini Babes, High School, yeah. or some something. A lot of those just. Pretty safe to assume they've not aged too well. Oh,
2: I mean, I mean, I'm, the ones I mentioned are the best ones. I mean, <laughs> Gosh, there's Zapped, yeah. there's Private School, there's, yeah. oh my God,
1: Hot Dog the Movie. Hot uh, Dog the Movie. Yeah, there's some... Sounds incredible.
2: Yeah, there's some definitely ones that are not going to be uh, contenders for the best 80s teen movies.
1: It's just not what I grew up with as well. I mean, I, I've yeah. seen some of those films, but I think I'm a bit too young. If I was born in the late 70s, I probably would have caught a lot more of the like horny high school kind of genre, you know.
2: Yeah, it's a good point. I think yeah, not growing up with them doesn't have that. Yeah, I don't have that. Um,
1: yeah, like we we got it filtered through us. Only the movies that kind of stood out a bit more. Yeah. like the John Hughes stuff. well you know, also like, we they yeah. were
2: the progenitors. They were the influence for the ones that we did grow up with, like your American yeah. Pie's, your uh, you oh, you right, yeah, movies like that, which really have a lot, like you know, have Porky's and Revenge of the Nerds to thank. In a lot of ways. Oh my
1: god, you're right. Yeah, American Pie is just like the modern day Porkies. Uh, uh, my mum, hating Terminator, loves American Pie. Right, go okay. figure.
2: Mm. Yes, interesting. <laughs> okay.
1: American yeah. Pie. It's like it, it, when you watch that movie again, it's like, oh, this part aged poorly. Oh, this part aged nicely. You know, like mm-hmm. one moment there, he's setting up a webcam to show his friends his his um. Uh, what would you call it? It's like an exchange student to watch her undresses like that, age eh? uh, poorly, yeah. Okay, and then mm-hmm. it's the other guy saying, Hey, guys, we don't need to sleep with these women, you know. And it's like, Oh, that that part aged nicely, <laughs> yeah. but it's sort of like a somewhere in the middle with that movie,
2: yeah. I'm sure most of those are like that, mm. yeah. Older, and Euro-trip I think the joke,
1: and- at least with the, those movies, the joke is on the kind of like pathetic horny high school dudes that think sex is the greatest thing in the world you know what i mean at least the jokes on them a little bit more
2: yeah fair enough anyway sorry no you're all right and so yeah obviously a lot of a lot of those sleazy horny comedies uh the other categories i would say would be coming of age which is the other major category. Do you mean we, stuff like um so like ris- risky
1: movies. business as well? Like does that it, fit in? That's more of like an in, a drama teen It's a bit of both. I feel one. like
2: risky business is kind of a horny
1: comedy. It's like you're a, a lesson to it, though, you know?
2: But it's more of a yes, more of oh, a coming of age.
1: It's very horny, but it's kinda of like sleazy, mm, I shouldn't be doing this sort of mum and dad are gonna come home and yeah. mm. so
2: it's a bit of both. It's uh, a bit of a buzzkill.
1: But more like, you know, you're
2: pretty in pink, your breakfast club you're some kind of wonderful. Yeah. Um, you say anything. Those kind of movies would be the coming oh, of age. Anything, yeah. Um, movies. Um, then I'd say the dance musical movies.
1: My favorite.
2: Yeah, for your flash dancers, <laughs> your Dirty Dancing, your Footloose. Oh, yeah. Um, That's true. Fame movies like that, uh, which obviously they also influence many, you know, high school musical examples.
1: Oh, yeah. A great decade in general for dancing films. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, uh,
2: and then we've got. Sorry, I keep going. Uh, then keep I feel keep like going, yeah. I then it. we've got counterculture indie movies. Uh, you see, yeah. like your yeah, *Rivers Edge* that one we talked about briefly in the Keanu Reeves uh, top ten.
1: Is is that also like *Class of 1984*? Is that yep, counterculture that would be, stuff? No. Yep, yep. You know our friend Penelope. Yep. Penelope Spheres, yeah, yeah, suburbia. I was just going to mention that one. Beat me to it.
2: Uh, outsiders, Crafty. running on empty. Uh, oh, the other ones.
1: I saw you rewatched the Outsiders. I've been meaning did. to mean to ask you about that uh, film.
2: That's good. I think that's up there is a contender for best, but we'll talk about that later oh, okay. when we get there. Um, so, uh, then slashes or like horror adjacent, obviously we'll be talking more on them.
1: Uh, We're going to have a whole, you know, a whole episode. We're going to have a whole episode on horror, and I think we we could have a whole episode just on slashes because the '80s is jam packed. So So
2: I won't really talk much about them, but you know, no, everyone knows. No,
1: let's let's leave them out for now. Good idea. Uh, And then
2: the last category I would say would just be kind of like other ones, like other genre films or sci-fi films, because there was a lot of as much as there was, there was a lot of. Uh, Slashes and horrors There yeah. was also Quite a few sci-fi films In the 80s And a lot of like, like war games Like and war games and Yeah and like, Yes. Uh Yes Team Wolf Team Witch Hevers even Has a bit of a Genre-y kind of element to it Yeah um, Real Genius That um, Real Genius kill Kilmer one
1: Yeah So
2: yeah There's a little bit of that Kind of element going on um, I feel compelled Lost to throw in a... as well That's a genre film
1: Of course Yeah I mean I'd put that in uh, That's like sort of That horror adjacent yes. right yeah but um, i'm i'm compelled to put an aussie title in there i wanted to bring in the year my voice broke you ever seen that movie no but the description called the main character a prepubescent young boy so i was like well i don't know it, it, it's doesn't really fit so i'll drop that off for now but you should watch it if you haven't seen it the year my voice broke is a great yeah it's like,
2: well it's kind of like when i brought up um coming of age i didn't bring up
1: say now i was because
2: they're kind of like yeah. just
1: coming out of college so they'd be like yeah.
2: early 20s so it doesn't quite count.
1: No, that's right. And I, and I guess there's also like a lot of sports movies, but I don't know if they're meant to, it's not so much like they're going through that teenager journey yeah. as like the other films. If it's set in a high school or if the kids are, you know, meant to be going to school or, you know, dealing with those things, I guess it's more in the ballpark that we're talking about. Definitely John Hughes, I feel like, is going to take up most of the <laughs> back half of this conversation.
2: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of our conversation will be to defining what we think, you know. Um,
1: no, nah, you just did it. There's teenagers in there. Yeah, <laughs> okay. But but um, uh, you're right though. Like there is, there's dramas, there's comedies, yeah. there's sci-fis. Well, I mean, I teenagers were everywhere in the 80s.
2: Yeah, well, that's why I feel like as much as something like I say, "A Lost Boys is a great movie. It kind of doesn't quite um fit the bill because it's, as much as it features teens in it, it's yeah. less about. Teens and
1: growing up, and there is in Lost Boys. There's that whole great like subtext of fitting in and going through changing, and you know all that oh, sort of yeah, thing. Oh yeah, that's
2: true. Yeah, so maybe. So there is like that's a bad example. That teen, <laughs> no, no.
1: But I, I get what you're doing. Like there is that teen, um with teen characters, but it's the the plot isn't the same as some of these other films, like exactly. Pretty in Pink or Sixteen Candles. Yeah. That's where it feels really, us. like, focused on the experience about of being a teenager. dealing with teen issues. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And a lot of the other films, like, they're all adults playing teenagers, um, which is what makes some of those John Hughes movies, for us, Bueller, excluded, of course, because they're in their mid to late 20s. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, the other early ones, like, with Molly Ringwald, I think she was quite young, age-appropriate mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Though some, I mean, you know,
2: we were talking Breakfast Club, you know, it's kind of a mix
1: it is a mix bag
2: where it's like you got Emilio, who's definitely in his yeah. early twenties. He's getting on, um, but who's yeah. who's that other guy? Who? What's the name Judd, of the guy? Judd Nelson. Yeah, I know Judd, Judd Nelson. Nelson was
1: like mid to late like twenties, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll
2: but, get, but we'll get right. there, but you're right. We'll get there. But you know, I think Anthony Michael Hall and Mother Ringwald at least are close to yeah appropriate.
1: Anthony so. Michael Hall, man, I really. He had such a wild career after the 80s. I mean, he was massive in the 80s. Like, he hosted Saturday Night Live. Yeah. He had great range. Yeah. Like, he had... uh, He just had such, like, you you enjoy watching him in movies. And then his career afterwards, like, he just pops up in these random movies. Like, I'm watching The Dark Knight. I'm like, oh, yeah, Anthony Michael Hall. There he is. He's like the news reporter asking Bruce Wayne questions before, um, you know, I think Bruce Wayne saves him and gives him a little nod like, hey... You tried to take down Batman in the media, and I just mm. saved you, but. Um, but yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff that Anthony Michael Hall popped up in later. Yeah, just it's these interesting. Tiny little bit roles, and it was like, damn, that that dude was great.
2: Yeah, I think. I mean, I was thinking about this earlier. Like, do you think the whole brat pack image was detrimental to their career, like mm. to the career of people like him and, you know?
1: I don't know. I think maybe they just. Aged in such a way that no one quite knew what to do with them or they just, they picked bad roles. I'm not sure really. Like I know Emilio was fine.
2: That's true. Yeah. He did pretty well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like Matthew Broderick kicked on. He, I mean, he, he went on to do Inspector Gadget. Like he's fine. You know? Yeah. He had Godzilla bucks.
2: He could. Yeah, that's true. I feel like he could have been a much bigger star than he was though.
1: Absolutely. I think yeah. it was a
2: combination of things. I didn't realize for him, for example, I didn't realize he had he was in a car accident a year and a half after Ferris yeah. Bueller. So With that, old that, mates. that apparently, had a bit of a uh, you know effect on him. I think his confidence and
1: with his girlfriend at the time. What was yeah. what's her name? Jennifer. She's in Dirty Dancing as well. She plays his sister in Ferris Bueller. What's her name? Jennifer Gray. Yeah. So That's they it. were dating at the time. Yeah. He came. He was like coming off a uh, a long flight. He said he was really jet lagged and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, un- really unfortunate. But he he didn't, you know, they they let him off. They're like, yeah, it was just it was an accident, just a terrible accident. Yeah. Killed someone with his car. But um, yeah, he and Jennifer Grey were dating at the time, which is weird to me now. Yeah. Rewatching Ferris, she'll pop up in Dirty Dancing too. One of my one of my picks. Should, nice. should we start off? Should we kick off with like yeah. the movies that we want to talk about? Yeah, some of our favorites, some of our picks for the best. We'll save our ultimate favorite for the end. Okay But um, I guess yeah We'll just sort of It's pretty crazy We'll just throw some Throw some tiles out there Alright cool I do want to ask you about uh, The Outsiders though Because I saw you put it up On Letterboxd And I was like Oh okay <laughs> uh, What like uh, What did you give it Four stars
2: I gave it four stars Yeah Ooh. I mean I watched the directors I mean, well, Maybe we'll just start With The Outsiders then Um, it. I I watched the director's cut mm. So I've never seen you I, ne- I never watched it before Until, until literally the other day um, I saw it for
1: high school Because we did the book Oh right okay Yeah this so, is like a year 7 book analysis So maybe. I don't
2: know if That was That might have been a different cut To what I watched Probably Because this is only I think only very Like you know, maybe 10 years ago Or something this cut Anyway I'm not I'm not oh, 100% sure yeah. On time But all I know is There is a Francis Ford Coppola Uh, Director's cut Hmm. And this is The version I watched And From everything I've heard That makes the movie Way way better Is
1: this a Francis Ford Coppola film? Sure it's Holy moly I did not know that Yep And I thought
2: it was very good It's an Incredible ensemble cast Yeah Uh, And they have Amazing in it Ralph Macchio is Really good
1: Sean Penn called Ralph Macchio the greatest living actor.
2: Yeah, you mentioned that. In the, uh,
1: oh, wait, did I? <laughs> Any chance I get, I'm going to mention it.
2: In the Karate Kid episode, but you're right. Um,
1: I mean, I think Ralph Macchio is an amazing actor. Especially, he's amazing I mean, in this. The Karate Kid is in there as like, it's a sports teen movie, but you know, there's high school, there's teenagers going through stuff. Yep. Um, I think Ralph Macchio is incredible. I don't know. I don't have much else to add on apart from that, but... Um, go back and check out some of his other films. Like he yeah. does have some absolute, um, really brilliant like scenes and moments and, but yeah,
2: yeah outside. And, and this is like, one of those when yeah. he has some really like real touching moments. Yeah. And like, you know, when he's,
1: does he say do it for Johnny or is that Matt Dillon? Does is oh. Matt Dillon, the one do it for Johnny, man. That's the part I remember.
2: No, I'm pretty sure it's Macho. That's Macho? That right. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, Sounds like something he would say. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure. Or is he um, Pony Boy? Who dyes their hair blonde?
2: Uh no, not him. He's um, his his mate. Um,
1: there's another one. It's like Pony Boy and Lemonade. He's or the he's the soda one, pop.
2: Yeah, they got, <laughs> what's I know to his their name? names, right? Because <laughs> it's set in the fifties, I is think. 50s, right?
1: Fifties. They're all greasers. Yeah. Um,
2: what and is his uh, mate? C. Thomas Howell. Uh, he's Pony Boy.
1: Pony Boy. Okay. Yeah. Um,
2: he's probably the only person that didn't end up you know being a huge star. I mean, look at the cast. We got Matt Dillon, Ralph Macchio, Patrick Swayze, uh, Rob Lowe, Emilio Estévez and Tom Cruise.
1: Holy moly, yeah, that's Yeah, and Tom
2: Cruise is like hardly in the movie. Yeah. You know, like and What it, year
1: is this, 1980? Uh, it's be early 80s, 83. 83. So what, oh, I'm just thinking what year... um He, oh no, that's a bit later I was thinking like color of money and stuff I know he had, like, what, Taps and Tom Cruise had some yeah, other this is
2: pre-getting pre his teeth done.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of movies are pre-teeth. <laughs> but once you see that, it's hard to unsee it. I know. That central tooth. It is. Poor um, Tom. I think Tom Cruise is incredible, obviously. The 80s yeah. is an amazing run for Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah.
2: And he, he's, he's good in this, even though he's in such a small amount of screen time. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Ralph Macchio, I feel like, is the big takeaway for me. Yeah. And, yeah, him, you know, when... Ponyboy is, you know, on in the hospital on deathbed. It's an yeah. emotional scene. And oh, I don't know. It just really... Damn, man. I was Outside really surprised. Really gotcha. I was really surprised by it. Uh, I think it's just that whole, you know, just this is difficult life of these, you know, troubled, misunderstood teens. Yeah. And they've all just got just a horrible shit that they're working through and just that whole importance and their loyalty of, you know, and their friendships yeah. and this stuff. Touching kind of stuff, but um. it worked for me. And and I think, from what I hear, some of the editing and the way it was structured wasn't so great in the original cut. So yeah. I know, I honestly recommend checking out the director's cut. Okay, because I didn't notice anything because it, it all flowed very well for me and all seemed to work. And I've, I believe there's like added scenes and so on. I think it goes for an extra like twenty minutes or something, but it works. From yeah. what I hear in the other one, it was. You know, I think some stuff were cut that probably shouldn't have been cut. Okay, they kind of give a bit more uh, texture and layer, and you know, yeah, depth to some some scenes. Oh, so totally, yeah. yeah, make it work because I. So I don't know because I know like review wise, I was even looking on like IMDb and I'm to be like, oh wow, like reviews are not that great for it. But then I went to like the the Metacritic one, and it was like oh, all sort of around sixty or below. Yeah. Then it was like two that were like eighty, and I was like, and they were both people who had reviewed it in the last couple of years. Uh uh-huh. So like, oh, okay. so more recently, it's yeah. And they were both directors cut. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I haven't seen the original. Like I said, I only literally watched this like last week. So uh, that's good. Though. I can't comment on the original cut. Don't know how it was like, and maybe I would have uh, not felt so strongly about it. But after watching this this cut, I was like, you know what? I really like this movie. I thought it was really
1: awesome. Yeah. Directors cuts can sometimes go one of two ways, you know. Oh, absolutely! It's like if it's Apocalypse Now Redux, which is just too long, or if it's you know like, did, hey, did you end up watching Killing of a Chinese Bookie? No, no, oh, sorry, that's all good. No, no, no. All good. <laughs> well, let's pop the no. That we'll pop that aside. I mean, but then then like Blade Runner director's cut is the only one you should watch, you know, in yes. my mind. And yeah, that's a good um, good point. But anyway, you no, that's a it. good that's a good one, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna think about it. I can't guarantee I'll go back and do the Outsiders. Yeah, fair it's just too framed in my mind as that early high school book assessment sort of stuff. Uh-huh. And and I remember there were switchblades and people are getting stabbed and yep. cut and gang fights. It's probably way better than I was remembering. But at that age, you know, if it's not blade, you know, the Wesley Snipes is blade. Right. If it isn't yep. at that level, then I'm not going to appreciate it nearly as yeah, much. Yeah, I think you will enjoy <laughs> this a lot more. I will. I reckon I probably will. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's, you know, kind of a hangout movie in a lot of ways. Oh, it's a lot of these that. guys just sort of, you know, yeah, being mates and dealing with this shit and having, mm. having a, you know, shoulder to cry on and, you know, people, a lot of a lot of young blokes getting in touch with their emotions. Also a very good a movie. Bro down. Yeah, exactly. It's a bro-down <laughs> movie. Also, if you're... Uh, into attractive young man, it's also a good movie. Uh, there's a lot okay. of search for all the women listeners or gay men or whatever it might Bit be. But if first you're, track it, for it, yes, young men, 100 yeah. some of the letterbox reviews were hilarious, yeah, uh, for that reason. Okay, um, so. Jimmy,
1: interesting, yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm about to talk about hey. Dirty Dancing, and that movie picked up once Swayze took off his shirt. So, that's well, <laughs> so funny? Exactly. Not gonna, not gonna at all, um knock a point off you for I was gonna
2: say speaking of I'm gonna read one of them it's pretty <laughs> much along those lines and that made me laugh which yeah. was um uh the review went every time there's a good-looking guy in, in this an even better one shows up five minutes later then <laughs> boom Patrick Swayze <laughs> different game being played in this film at a different um, level so thank you uh
1: I name. sorry, okay. but
2: thank you to that reviewer on Letterbox. That was that made me laugh. That was a good. One. <laughs> Letterbox is great for
1: yeah, yeah. People uh, being very very witty. And then the area. other one
2: by uh, I had to highlight as well was uh, by a member called Kay, who wrote: "We were watching this in class, and the girls behind me asked our teacher to rewind for the scene of Rob Lowe getting out of the shower."
1: Me too. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. so, yeah.
2: So there's that going for it too. Yeah.
1: Okay, um, get your hand out of your pocket. Jesus, that's disgusting. <laughs> uh, no, uh, look, I don't don't doubt them one bit. Uh, yeah, a, a real coming of age movie for those people as well. Yes. Yeah, a yeah. real learning experience. That's great though. I mean, I'm I, I will go back and watch it with a completely fresh perspective now.
2: Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, it was more like it was um just like everything i said before yeah i love the little themes that i explored i love the whole uh just there's a reason why a lot of these stars became big stars it's crazy and they that show, like at, like at their age that they are like they're you know teen actors or maybe early 20s yeah but they're like oh like acting their ass off on this movie i, just, I loved it and seeing you know obviously someone like a director like francis ford coppola yeah you can obviously bring you know that you know, oh, a- been... out of their, out of his actors, and it really shows in this movie. And yeah, that was for me huge highlight.
1: It, it would have been literally like twenty two years since I saw that movie. Yeah. So my memories of it are just so like scatteredly and vague little moments. But yeah, I, I will. Um, I'll heavily consider it. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm glad to hear that you liked it though. It's really sweet.
0: I don't want you to have anything to do with those people again. Baby, I don't see you running up to Daddy telling him I'm your guy. Well, with my father, it's complicated. I will tell him I... I don't believe you, baby. She shows him all he can be. You gotta stop it now. I know what I'm doing, Penny.
2: I'm scared of everything. Most of all, I'm scared of walking out of this room and never feeling
0: the rest of my whole life the way I feel when I'm with you. What they learn from each other feels too good to be wrong. Dirty Dancing, starring Patrick Swayze, Jennifer
1: Grey. The movie that, um, yeah, I was talking about Dirty Dancing. Like I hadn't seen that for ages and I chucked it on. So I was like, I was thinking, oh, what, what kind of movies can I brush myself up on? Like I used to, I used to really like this. Let's give it a go. Mm-hmm. And then on the rewatch I was pulling it up, I was like, ah, it's it's good. It's pretty good. But the moment Patrick Swayze steps into that dance hall. So the whole the whole premise is Jennifer Grey is off with her family to this kind of Fancy uh, holiday retreat It's set in the 1950s As well, I think Or is it Mm -hmm. the early 60s? I can't remember Um, But, you know Wild dancing is pretty crazy to these people So uh, They go to this weird holiday resort It sets up pretty early That Jennifer Grey is like Daddy's favorite She's smart and intelligent And uh, You know she, She loves her dad She talks in the opening monologue About how great her dad is You know It's like, oh nice, cool but throughout the movie, she is going to hook up with Patrick Swayze and, mm-hmm. and, and dance and have a great time. And her dad's going to kind of lose faith in her. And that's the whole leading up to the nobody puts baby in the corner moment, which is a very satisfying moment. But yeah, the, like turning it on, I was like, oh, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's, oh, maybe it's not what I quite thought it was. But yeah, like I said, the moment Patrick Swayze I steps did. into this dance hall, he's firstly doing a dance for all these other patrons of this kind of corny holiday hotel thing. And then Jennifer Gray's character, uh, Baby is her name. So Baby's going to find herself just somehow getting more involved with this guy. She's clearly like, you know, taken by him. And she wouldn't have seen anything like that. But the more involved she gets with him, the better the movie gets. And Patrick Swayze is just my God. He's great. I was almost gonna say to you, can we just do a Patrick Swayze episode? <laughs> like can we just do Roadhouse and Ghost? Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, because it just got me on a tear of like, oh, I just want to go back and watch everything, <laughs> which would include the would outsiders. Include outsiders right? yeah. But yeah, no, Dirty Dancing was fucking great, man. When was the last time you? I've never watched seen it. it. Never seen it? No, well, I. Um, yeah. do yourself a favor.
2: I should. Is I feel like I have an aversion to musicals, and it's not fair.
1: Well, it's, it, it it's, doesn't, it's, it's not, yeah. it
2: has no, I have no justification for that. I've uh, actually quite, you know, loved some musicals. I, we, I talked about, um, Rocky singing, Horror. I talked about Singing in the Rain. Or Yeah, I went and saw Rocky Horror recently. It's oh, great. Yeah, yeah. I talked about Singing in the Rain, obviously, in a previous episode. Um, yeah, I actually quite enjoy some musicals. Yeah. But for some reason, I just, Dude, I don't know. I'm, I don't, know what, you, I don't know what it is. No, uh, I'm, so I'm with you. So, Dirty like Dancing is one of those movies that, like, I'm sure it's great, and I'm sure I've seen parts of it on like TV and stuff on you know, yeah. you know reruns. But um, yeah, I just yeah, I don't know.
1: Well, I'm, I'm with you. Some musicals are incredible. I love Grease, you know, yeah. and I love Rocky Horror Picture Show. But both of those are very tongue in cheek. But I can't watch like the new Les Miserables or whatever, mm. where everyone you know it's so serious, and then all of a sudden they break out into song. I'm just I'm just so taken aback by it. And I, I can't do it. To me, those ones mm. really yeah they, they suck. So I understand why you've gotten a And this is of less. Musicals. And this
2: is less of a musical anyway, right? It's more it's of a not, dancing. The characters to aren't music breaking out into song. It's just school, it's just got yeah. music in it. Exactly. But it's
1: fun like fifties, sixties kind of swing, rock and roll stuff, you yeah.
2: know. Yeah. So I'm putting in the I'm putting in that same camp, which is unfair again. I don't know what it is. I, there's something about this, uh, and yeah, no, I, I I get it too. But take it out of that camp
1: because. It is so much fun, yeah. And I like I I teared up at the ending. Like I know it's corny and I know it's cheesy, um. But I I still just get emotional. Amazing. When, when it builds up to that moment, like I know the nobody puts a baby in the corner line uh-huh. is coming, and I know I'm gonna get to hear that song. I've had the time of my life, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But when it when you finally get it, man, ah, oh, it is so satisfying. You know what I mean? Oh, love it. Roger Ebert gave it one star. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> that <no>. soulless goblin. <laughs> Roger. No, it's okay. I'm, I apologize. Rest in peace, Roger Ebert. But no, um, I, I just wanted to mention it because like I went back and did a few other 80s teen movies and whatnot, but nothing hit me the way that movie got yeah. me. It got me so good. Oh, and it wow. wasn't just beautiful Patrick Swayze and beautiful Jennifer Grey. It was, mm-hmm. it was that whole build-up to that final sequence. Mm-hmm. And um, Patrick Swayze... You know, if you've seen Roadhouse, and if you've seen other stuff, you he always seems like he's super confident and he's kind of like rule on the roost, like point break and all that sort of thing. But in this movie, he is very attractive and he's very capable. He's a great dancer, mm-hmm. but his character is a bit more, um, he's, he's kind of got low self-esteem. He, he sort of is feels like he's not enough for people. Oh, right. So he's a bit more vulnerable in this movie, which is very nice. Oh, cool. Okay. And, and he's, you know, you, you may not, anticipate the way it's going to go the way the movie sets up you think like Patrick Swayze is going to introduce Jennifer Grey to this crazy world and he's going to change her life but it's actually a bit of a well uh, maybe I shouldn't spoil anything but it, it it is cliched like it's a cliched movie <laughs> yeah um but there are these nice little twists and tweaks to it that I don't know just it fucking it was awesome it was so much fun Oh, love it! All right, and, um, okay.
2: yeah. You so got me. You got me uh, very, very interested. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do that. Maybe especially next time, maybe if you next like, time we get uh, on yeah. the mic. So, uh, oh yeah, I'll let you know what I think of day dancing.
1: Especially if you like eighties films in general. You know, if you like Patrick Swayze, you owe it to yourself. All right, yeah, I should do it. Speaking of like cheesy sort of endings, I was also, hmm. um, I also was like used to really love Say Anything.
2: Oh, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, I only realized recently that's a Cameron Crowe movie. Is it? I did not. But it makes total sense.
2: What else? Remind me. Where else do I know that name?
1: Oh, Cameron Crowe, like Almost Famous. Ah, he did Vanilla yes. Sky of as course. well. Yeah. Um, What was his other movie from the... I can't remember. Um, but that's okay. Like, And John Cusack has got a lot of other good 80s, like teen, coming of age stuff. He does. Is it The Shore Thing? Is that one of them? I should have looked this up earlier. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's called The Shore Thing. That's another good one too. But Say Anything was just, I don't know, like it, it was just one of those movies where I feel like I could relate a lot to um, feeling like having a girlfriend was super important mm-hmm. and like feeling like you're out of your, their league or, um, you know, this one person is going to, you know, really fill that gap in you, you know, because the, the character is such a bit of a, he's a bit of a weenie. Like he's this, he's telling people that kickboxing is the sport of the future, mm-hmm. which I guess he's kind of right. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. But um, the, I just think the writing and the characters are a little bit different. Like it's late 80s, yeah. but it's so different from the John Hughes kind of teenage stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the John Hughes stuff is super dramatic or it feels like an adult wrote it about teenagers. We'll get to that maybe later. But say anything mm-hmm. I felt was a bit more, um, I don't know, a bit more tuned in to that to like that uh, that feeling of wanting to go out with somebody so bad <laughs> and then just feeling like you're not good enough for them, you know.
2: Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah.
1: but in that in say anything, it's uh, like a lot of it comes from her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, with the whole IRS subplot about her dad, like not wanting her to date, you know, this young kickboxing enthusiast that kind of seems like he doesn't have that much else going for him, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and I think I could relate to that as well. Like I don't feel that special. I don't feel like I've got yeah. an, oh, in, an incredible huge amount to offer. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Just just feeling kind of regular and average, yeah, you know, no, growing up and yeah. feeling like that beautiful intelligent hot girl is not going to uh give you the time of day which which what's what makes it so cathartic to watch you know Mm. what i mean Mm -hmm. um but uh, i really love the movie you know where everyone remembers and jokes on the the part where he's got this speaker of course you know outside the window that's the uh you know one of the best moments but i also love the moment when he's at the front door um you know telling (laughs) telling her dad like Hi, sir. you know, uh, I'm going to take your daughter out. Don't worry. She's safe with me. I don't drink. I kickbox. You <laughs> kick, do, do you <laughs> yeah. kickbox? It doesn't look like it. <laughs> I always thought that line was really funny. <laughs> um, I can tell you probably don't know what it is. But then just the reaction he gets, just nothing. He's like, is she going to come out now or am I just going to stand here? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so awkward. Um, um, the other yeah. movies
2: you're thinking of is um, Better Off Dead. Is that really the other one you're
1: thinking of? Better Off Dead, probably. I'm pretty sure it's called The Shore or Thing. One,
2: or One Crazy Summer.
1: One crazy summer. Let's have a squeeze. He had. Here. He had a lot. He had a lot. He was really great in the eighties. Yeah. John Cusack. Um, I don't know what happened to him either. Like I know what happened to him, but you know what I mean. I don't really. He was doing stuff like Con Air, where he was saying he just hated it.
2: Yeah. You feel like him and Broderick could have been bigger stars than they were.
1: Yeah, I don't know what happened. I mean, Broderick did the Cable Guy, which was oh yeah, which is like one of my favorites as well. Hmm. But then after the cable guy, I don't know what Broderick is doing. That's sort of in my ballpark. Maybe he was more of a theater sort of dude. Yeah, and the yeah, roles he was right. maybe he just wasn't drawn to some of those roles. Maybe Ferris Bueller is a one-off, and and he's actually a bit of a nerd.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I, d- I don't know. I'm
1: like legitimately not hating I on nerds. I mean, he al-
2: he always grabbed me as a bit of a nerd anyway. Yeah, yeah. Despite Ferris.
0: <laughs>
1: that's okay i can't i can't find uh i'm not i don't have the the um time to look up john cusacks yeah, no, entire enough. catalog but yeah 80s john Cusack movies are pretty pretty great there's yeah. one where he's on a road trip with someone and they get to know each other i'm pretty sure that's called the sure thing um
2: that sounds familiar
1: you know what it i'm gonna very edit, familiar. i'm gonna edit this out because okay. i've been saying it so much i'm just gonna look it up
2: yeah, the sure thing. Yeah, oh, the sure
1: thing. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah, Rob Reiner. Yep, yeah. Rob Reiner movie. Yeah, yeah. I, um, that's a good one too. As soon
2: too. as you said it, I'm like, it sounds so familiar. But I, um,
1: yeah, that's a fun movie as well. Donkey Sack was great in the '80s, uh, and Say Anything was just one that yeah, I I had a lot of nostalgia and you know a bit more of a personal connection with.
2: Yeah, sorry, dude. had <laughs> 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 a moment, I got, Le- distra- ra- got really left me hanging there. Sure thing. <laughs> yeah. I
1: bared my soul to you. Uh, oh, sorry dude Continue. Um, no 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 not at all but um, <laughs> I've, I sort of I sort of jumped in with two in a row there man so you I'll got let me you. looking
2: at the short thing <laughs> yeah I'm
1: just gonna pull up Slay the Spy if, you, if you're gonna ignore me I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna start no I not do that um, nah but yeah I, I had two in a row so I'll, I'll let you jump in with another one of your picks where well, we're kind of getting there you know I feel like I know what we're building towards here with these well, teen well, movies. Yeah.
2: I mean, we also made a <laughs> bit of... We had a list before for listeners, so we kind of have an idea of what each yeah. other is leaning towards as their favourite. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I feel like there's... I mean, there's not... I mean, so I We're obviously picking more the ones that we think are contenders for the best of, right?
1: It's good to... I reckon it's it's good to throw out some titles, you know, noteworthy ones, because, like we were saying, some of these teen movies... They're either really, like, repetitive or um, they just haven't aged as well. Yeah. And and this is meant to be our picks, I guess, like the ones that we enjoyed. You oh. know, while we're there, we we mentioned Penelope Spheris did that suburbia one. I've never actually seen it. Me but, neither. But no. I was kind of wanting to cover it to, just to see if I could yeah. recommend it or not. It looks really good, though.
2: Yeah does yeah
1: um <laughs> that's a great <laughs> that's a great one. point <laughs> <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks for the advice it looks good
0: i guess
2: uh but no i mean i think i think another one that's probably up there for a lot of people would be heathers
1: heathers yes yeah, yeah. i
2: haven't watched it in, in a couple of years uh so it's not super fresh in my mind but uh, it's got the
1: the man christian, christian
2: slater it does and i feel like that was the movie that put him on a lot of people's yeah. radar at least
1: super 80s as well see i yeah. feel like Heathers and gets to Rider like Mean well. Girls and yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. More people should watch Heathers. Absolutely.
2: Heathers is a great movie. I remember finding it really fun and, you know, yeah. it was, you know, just a bit of wish fulfillment kind of thing where it's like, yeah. imagine if you could get rid of the people that you hate at school, you know, oh, like God, it was that yeah. kind of, yeah. You know, um, you know, and then, you know, obviously the girl gets with the bad boy and that kind of
0: stuff, yeah. you know, so
2: it was a lot of that kind of stuff they're playing on. Which you know, and it's just a little bit silly, a little bit fun. Um, but it's been a been a few years since I watched it, so it's not like I said, not super fresh in my mind. But um, that yeah. was that would be one that I would say. I, I remember really enjoying that movie, and I've yeah. been enjoying it growing up. And I think it's a movie that, for many people, that would be a, a big contender.
1: Oh yeah, big one, yeah. And that's still like late '80s stuff as well. It is.
2: It's also so very similar to um to. Uh,
1: what is that like, eighty eight or eighty nine? Eighty eight, yeah. Feels so close to the nineties. It's I very similar to say it's...
2: anything in terms of just like a yeah. kind of. You know, I guess they've kind of looked at some of the mid eighties and early eighties teen movies, and they're kind of evolving and they've you know creating in yeah, you know, a little bit more 90-ish vibes to what, but really they are they're still eighties movies, but they kind of got a bit more of a, you know an evolved version. Oh,
1: absolutely, man. Yeah, absolutely. And like those kind of movies, they are more fun than stuff like uh, like Risky Business. You know, that movie is cool, but it, I don't know how much fun that movie is. No, no. It and the other thing too like, that I dated oh.
2: that movie for me was that, um, I don't remember if I dated that movie, but that movie that was like the 80s, And John Hughes is obviously guilty of this a lot in his movies, where, like, his depiction of middle class is, like, not really. It's more, like, upper middle class.
1: Yeah. You know, like,
2: even Home Alone, it's, like, they're just, like, an average family, you know. But it's, like, have you seen that bloody house? It's ridiculous. Like, that is, they would have gone for, like, a million dollars back then. You know, that kind of thing, where it's, like, and
1: oh, he was running the Chicago chapter of The Sopranos, that, that <laughs> exactly. McAllister guy, yeah.
2: And so, this like risky business, they're all um, you know, they're all Harvard, you know, yeah. prospects. It just, I don't know, like it just like uh, maybe it just chose me as a person because it just kind of was like, oh, I, don't know, I don't know, do I care about these like some of these college, like I mean, uh, you know. I know maybe, what you mean again, Maybe it's my problem But I'm like Ah You know nah. They're just so like Privileged These privileged white boys Problems It's not your problem thing.
1: man it, I mean it's not just you Is what I meant to say It's sort of like The Graduate The Graduate is For a lot of people This big film Like the first Kind of Teenage angst Movie To do mm. that sort of thing But it Definitely has a very rich... Graduate vibes But yeah. without doing
2: It's what The Graduate did right yeah. yeah The
1: Graduate like Crashes the Ferrari And turns his house Into a <laughs> to a brothel for a <laughs> while yeah. but yeah I, I know what you mean like so, some of those movies where i just don't sympathize with the characters at all because i cannot relate one bit yeah. to their experience it was like watching call me by your name i thought it was a beautiful movie and i did enjoy it mm-hmm. but do i feel bad for young timothy chalamet at the end um, when he's crying into the fire no he's on holiday in what italy or some beautiful mm-hmm. european countryside riding bikes banging women it, He's having the greatest time of his life and he's clearly very wealthy. And no, I don't feel one ounce <laughs> of sympathy for him. Yeah, okay. Um, so
2: yeah, you totally get me then.
1: No, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. I, I have trouble, you know, sympathizing with characters if they are from a more privileged background, especially now in retrospect. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, like those movies where you're kind of rooting for the, the killer crocodile or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm yeah. rooting for the parents to come home and just, you know, well, not... Not do anything violent, of course, but you know, I want to see you know, these rich kids. Uh, you know, I don't want to see them get away with it and learn a life lesson. No,
0: exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's so exactly. fun. Yeah,
1: no, agreed. Yeah, <laughs> they, they they grew up to be my manager. You yeah, know? exactly. That's, that's not cool.
2: He got off way too easy. Yeah, these sheltered, <laughs> privileged
1: lives. Like he, he walked on the edge, though, man. The razor's edge in that film. No, I mean there is a there's still a place for those movies in my enjoyment of them. Uh, I yeah. just don't. I'm just not going to put them on the pedestal as my favorites. That's all.
2: Uh, no, definitely not. And I think it definitely a uh, very time capsule in a way of you know, very '80s in terms of what I was saying about mm. the. Uh, I think a lot of those movies was about the middle to upper middle class. Yeah, you know suburban,
1: suburban yes. teenage
2: kids, and a lot of, not just John Hughes, but the other, you know, teen movies. Though they, they were the yeah, type, they were the type of kids.
1: And the ones that, that did have like the sort of lower socioeconomic ones were super depressing, like River's Edge. You yeah, know? true. Yeah, um, but no, that's okay though because there's still some movies that did feature suburban, upper-middle-class uh, teenagers that I absolutely love. And me too, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Primarily um, the two
2: movies that I think uh, will, be our, will yeah. be our picks for the best of the uh, best of
1: this They're category. F- our favourites, at least. I mean, and before we get to the favourites, like I'm just going to run through some titles here, all right? Okay. Because there's so many, like you were talking about those genres earlier, there's so many, and I feel like people are just going to hate me if we don't give at least a couple of shout-outs. Okay. Does The Goonies count as a teen film? Or is that more an adventure? Uh, no, well, they're just too young. Too young, aren't yeah. they aren't they more like... There's um, a few teenagers in that movie. Oh, yeah, maybe. Stand okay. By Me. We didn't mention Stand By Me. Again,
2: also, I thought that was... Oh, yeah, I guess. I love, I love Stand By Me.
1: I love Stand By Me. Yeah. Well, you really flipped on that one quick. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean... I Stand By Me, I guess. Well, you know what? I love it. I mean, I uh, love that movie. I just don't know if it, I don't know if I quite... You don't know if you pop it in the teen movie. I think in some gotcha. ways
2: in some ways I guess yeah, I mean, look, it's a weird it's a category, it's hard to define. Um which i kind of we're talking about at the start of the show. It's
1: based on a book, isn't it? Stephen King book.
2: Oh, I meant more just like our teen eighties teen movie category. It's like yeah. I, I feel like it's not it's not a high schoolers, they're not
1: It's not that same kind of eighties vibe. Exactly. Does it? No.
2: I, I, I love that movie a lot. Uh but they're kind yeah. of more like, they're very early, early teens, I guess that's maybe, yeah. I mean, that's the difference. They're like early teens, late, they're older adolescents.
1: I know what you mean. It, it, rather than... Uh, it, it, it maybe fits more into that coming of age rather than yes. going through teenage dramas. They're not really going through teenage dramas. Exactly. They're just going through problems but as it young that, That's what I mean
2: by like... That's why yeah. I'm sure. I'm not, not sure it quite fits the bill for, okay. what, for what we were looking at for a teen, '80s teen movie. But
1: well, will I take back anything that may have come off remotely negative about <laughs> uh, what you yeah, said on. Because don't get me wrong.
2: I love that movie as well. So.
1: All right, dude. Here's one yeah. Valley Girl. Yeah. You know what? We didn't even mention this in our Nicholas Cage. We did Top ten.
2: I know. I've not had some people reach out to me and say,
1: "I felt like a what real silly Billy for not for not bringing up Valley Girl on the Nicholas Cage yeah. episode." Uh, maybe we should rectify that in the future and yes. uh, come back around to that movie.
2: That one, that one, actually, yes. That but Can we do mentioned. like
1: a Nicolas Cage part two where we just pick a few of them and uh, go deeper on those movies?
2: Yeah, okay. Because
1: I like the top the ten. Lesser, uh, the like,
2: lesser known Nicolas Cage movies. We need to do
1: like a follow up to the Nicolas Cage. Yeah, It's, the not, it's not the best ones that we pick. It's not our top ten. It's just some movies that we should talk more about maybe right. in the future. Um, so yeah, Valley Girl. Uh, yeah. What about sure. this one, Weird Science? Oh, I mentioned Weird Science. You mentioned Weird Science. Okay. Does but that yes. count as a teen movie? Absolutely. I agree. I'm right there with you. Um, Red Dawn. Oh shit. That's technically a teen movie in my yeah, book. Yeah.
2: I had not thought of that at all. It's yeah, up there. I liked that movie a lot when I, when I was younger. Yeah. I've not seen that in about ten years, but
1: yeah, good good movie. Peter Weir's Dead Poets Society. Is that a teen movie? I mean, it's technically teenagers going through shit. I mean, it's just as much of a teen movie as River's Edge. Yeah, But it's that depressing shit. And there we go. It's not, this is rich upper class kids, but it's depressing. Mm. Mm, See, the spectrum expands once again. (laughs) Night (laughs) of the Comet. If anyone out there hasn't seen Night of the Comet, that's okay. It's not that big of a movie anyway, but I think it's free on YouTube with a really high resolution rip. Oh, amazing. And it's like a really fun silly uh i guess it's like an end of the world movie where like you know it's night of the comet a comet comes down suddenly people are kind of undead so it's like half a zombie movie half an apocalypse movie right and they're gonna go to the mall and hang out but it's two main uh female leads and it's just a lot of like good fun and um it's really funny as well
2: yeah it's been yeah. on my to watch list for a long time got so a great i'm semi-track. very happy it's on youtube maybe i will Finally get around to it
1: Yeah so, if, if I ever say stuff like The whole world is celebrating You'll know I'm talking about <laughs> okay. The Night of the Comet soundtrack It's so good Alright guys nice. Now uh, I'm just looking through a list here Karate Kid is being put on the teen list But That's more of a sports movie I guess mm. Back to the future I don't know if I cl- I wouldn't put uh, that in the teen movie list
2: Yeah I mean they are teenagers though I guess Well I mean him and his girlfriend I mean
1: This is really tricky I don't know I don't like it. Um, No, you know what? Uh, Yeah. And then like stuff like Rock and Roll High School. Did you ever see that one with the Ramones in it? Oh, no. It's a bit of a musical. So, you know, just be warned. Uh, You know, I mean, Grease 2, these sort of movies. Oh, Grease 2, of course. I feel like they're more novelty value than enjoyable, rewatchable movies that I'll go back to. Um, Class of 1984, though, I think people should... Give it a go if you're into that sort of thing. Um
2: I remember watching that in high school. Yep.
1: Yeah. Dude, and a massive one that I could have sworn you were going to bring up, but now it seems like you've struck it from the list, but Fast Times at Ridgemont High.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Definitely an 80s movie. Definitely a teen movie.
1: Now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was written by Cameron Crowe? Is he involved in that one? wasn't directed by him, but I think it was written by him. I'm pretty sure he like... Got to go to a school and actually talk to people and see what happened at this school in the uh, uh, in that like early eighties. Something he definitely wouldn't be able to get away with today. But uh, yeah, that like he wrote about the things that happened at that school.
2: No, that was definitely that was just a oversight. I think because that one definitely, I think, I think maybe why I missed that is because that kind of fits both the horny comedy and both the coming of age.
1: Yeah, do do you like Fast Times? I do.
2: Yeah, I remember enjoying that movie.
1: I think I had like a little problem with it because maybe it was a little bit too horny for me. Right. And I think it was like, here's this, I think there was meant to be a very young girl um, just hooking up with an older dude. And I I was like, I don't know. Maybe it felt a little bit gross to me. I'm not sure. And I also just didn't like Spicoli. I feel like a lot of that movie hinges (laughs) on whether or not you think he's a cool character or not. Yeah. No, good point. Very well acted by Sean Penn, but I just thought he was a bit of a doofus. <laughs> he was a bit of a doofus, yeah. <laughs> I'm a buzzkill for Fast Times, I'm sorry. I mean, I love Dazed and Confused. Mm-hmm. So I love that kind of vibe of a movie. It just didn't gel with me as much, this one. Uh, uh, yeah, based on real-life adventures chronicled by Cameron Crowe. There you go. Yeah, well. Um, so uh, not as much on Fast Times, but uh, that's Okay. We've got some pretty big ones that we should move into now. I'll let you sort of jump into yours first. Actually, no. I want to talk about mine first. All right, cool. But uh, yeah, my my sort of big pick was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Sorry, Jimmy. I kind of set you up and then took it right away from you. (laughs) All good. (laughs) All good. But it's probably one of yours too, right?
2: It 100% is, yeah. yeah. I love this movie as well. Yeah.
1: I watched this growing up. I think my parents, or maybe my dad, was like, um, "Give him Ferris Bueller early," mm-hmm. and because um, it's a fun movie, but also it's like you know cheeky Ferris Bueller. Yeah, you yeah. know, um, it was just it's the movie is just so great with its little fourth wall breaks. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's talking to the camera, he's playing his silly, goofy instrument. He's like, never had one lesson. <laughs> yeah, and and I just I just love that. I mean, the, we've talked about movies that break the fourth wall, like with Wayne's World. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about like Fight Club doing it and it so rarely happens in movies, but it always works really well. Anytime I've seen or think about movies where they break the fourth wall and just talk directly to the audience. There's some of my favorite movies,
0: Yeah, like Wayne's
1: World or Fight Club, like I said, you know, or Ferris Bueller. But um, yeah, what what about you, man? uh, Did you watch this when you were younger?
2: I did. Yes. And I actually watched it again. Uh, maybe a week and a half ago.
1: Oh, how how was it? I, I watched it a few months back, but how did you like it's, it? Yeah,
2: ah, oh, still great. Yeah, I loved, I loved. it. I actually think I liked it more again this time. Um, Me
1: too.
0: But
2: I've always I've always liked it. Um, it's it's such a iconic character performance. Yeah, it really. I can see why this is your pick. I think this is an absolutely fair pick. I would not be. I'd be very happy to give this the Look Who's Podcasting best '80s teen movie because this really is, in a lot of ways, the uh, captures yeah. and, and encapsulates what the uh, you know just does uh, that '80s image of being a teen and you yeah. know what I mean and like everyone thinks it's yeah. Ferris Bueller like it's, it's there's a reason why this movie's been referenced numerous times in other media. It's a yeah. reason why like Matthew Broderick. I was actually watching Graham Norton the other night. And um, Zach Efron was on there, like talking, uh, saying about how much he loved. Matthew Broderick M- 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 was on there, and Zach Efron oh, was on yeah, there, yeah. and um, and Seth Rogen were on there. Yeah, and uh, Zach Efron was like, I just got to say, like a huge fan. Like yeah. you, like you're the reason I got into acting, and all this kind of stuff, and like wow. I loved you in Ferris, uh, in Ferris Bueller. Graham Norton, I kept asking questions about you. And, I mean, this is. 30 what 40 years later this is like yeah 40 years later and people are still talking about that movie and still you know asking yeah i'm probably more interested unfortunately for Matthew broderick in some ways probably (laughs) but more interested in him in that role than they are in for many of his
1: other Inspector gadget yes (laughs) definitely
2: yes (laughs) no yeah so i it's 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 yeah I mean, uh,
1: Ferris is such a great character because it it is a fantasy, you know, like it's, Mm -hmm. it's the coolest kid ever, you know? Yeah. Um, And his one amazing day off from school that I love that he just planned it. That was something I did in my late twenties and even early thirties where -hmm. I was like, I'm going to just pull a fucking Ferris. I'm going to plan this day off. I love that. Yeah. And so I would tell people like, look, okay, I work Monday to Friday, but Oh, your band's playing Tuesday night, all right, I'm gonna plan this Wednesday. I'm not just gonna sit in bed all day. I'm gonna enjoy it. <laughs> it. But he's such a great character because he's sort of what what does the principal's secretary say about him? He's like, you know the the jocks, the nerds, the sluts, the geeks that they all adore him. <laughs> yeah he was he,
2: that, he, he, he was that one person that I think a lot of people aspire to be like the kid who could be cool with all the different cliques. yeah. Yeah.
1: He's like that Capybara meme where the Capybara is just chill with all animals. Yes. And sit, hanging out with the alligators and, yeah. you know, the pigs. Oh, it's so good. But um, it, it's just so much fun. And there are so many great moments in that movie. Agree. Just I, chock-a-block wall-to-wall wall with great I scenes. I love
2: the, the, um, prom, the principal. Yes. And his assistant. Yeah. They're both fantastic in it. That's <laughs> a really funny bit. When she's them.
1: trying to pretend to be his voice. Oh. <laughs> it's like, But... There, she's pretending to be him But then on the other phone line It's it's Cameron pretending to be uh, yeah. You know Sloane's dad Yes Ronnie.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, and Cameron's so great Like Ferris doesn't give him enough credit yeah. You know um, That whole oh, totally. That whole thing about um, Like online theory that it's it's more God. Fight Club than anything. It's like Ferris oh is God. Cameron's I'm you happy know, you imagination. <laughs> you didn't
2: bring that up, I was going to bring that up. Oh, good. I was going to say, I think that's the only thing that I think is a minor qualm I have against this movie is yeah. that for me, it's, I don't know if, may, maybe qualm's the wrong word, but Cameron is, the movie's really Cameron's movie. It is. It's, it's yeah. not Ferris's movie. Ferris's, Ferris is, and, so I, and that's why I love that theory of that, yeah, everyone probably, everyone listening I'm sure is, knows it. The one you were just referring to. That, yeah. That Cameron never actually woke up. That he's, yeah. he's, he's still dreaming. He's still and bad. then uh, his whole dream is about this Ferris character I... who's a figment of his imagination. Yeah. And he's just, like an ideal. No,
1: Ferris died. That's why they are all raising money for him. Oh, yes, that one. Well yeah. some shit, I So
2: there's several theories. But yeah, but essentially that, um, which makes a lot of sense because you mentioned before that, Ferris is a great character. He's a great character to a degree, but he has no. But he's a fantasy, yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't, uh, he has no progression. He doesn't no, become that's anything. Right. And that's, that's probably the one thing I think it doesn't quite. Cameron's a great character. He's a very well rounded character.
1: And he's got a massive arc. And he has a massive
2: arc, but never, nobody else in that film does. And that's, you know, that's fine. But that's probably why my film, I think, is a better film, personally. Totally. Very, totally. very small margin here, but, um, you know, we're picking we're no. picking we're picking little tiny bits here because I think both of these films, which we'll get to when I get to my film, but that's probably why I when I yeah. get to it, I think that's slightly better. But yeah, it's interesting. It's it's kind of cool though at the same time. I like that it's um it's kind of it kind of a film that keeps on giving in a way though. Because yeah. you watch it and when you're a kid, especially, you're like, Oh, how cool is Ferris? Yeah, I can do all these things, like how cool would it be taking this time off? And then later you're like I can relate to I can relate to Cameron. Like I get it. Yeah. Like, you know, and like, oh yeah, good on him for standing up with his dad. And <laughs> like finally just, you know.
1: And Ferris is like, no, the pers- heat the heat is too much for you. I'll take it. He's like, no. He's gonna come home. I'm gonna tell him what I did. <laughs> it's yeah, like, exactly. yeah, go Cameron. Go Cameron, yeah. I hope so, you're okay, Cameron. <laughs> tomorrow, when tomorrow rolls around. I hope you're doing all right. So
2: it's got layers. Well, you're I like right. I like that too. So
1: and I think, yeah, you're right. Cameron has the the best arc and you know when Ferris is off on the float parade, singing a song, being Mm -hmm. you know ridiculous. Cameron is walking along with Sloane, saying you know just laying his a bit of his heart out with her, you know talking about how he's you know his experience being Ferris's friend. And there are other really nice moments too that I think John Hughes was so great at these like little moments that almost don't work, Mm -hmm. but then somehow do work, like when they're in the art gallery and suddenly there there's like this music piece and then while the music's playing they're walking along looking at paintings and there's that moment where Cameron is just staring at that picnic one mm-hmm. and it just keeps going closer and closer and closer until you're just seeing the fibers of the canvas mm-hmm. stuff like that i was like man that these weird little moments that you know it's a film where you've also got moments of Ferris talking to the camera and doing all these goofy silly things
2: He's almost fantastical, like you were saying. Like Absolutely like fantastical, uh, yeah. On a float parade, singing float parade. and dancing, yeah. And Which is why I think that theory so works so well that he's just this figment of his imagination, this made-up character. It becomes even better because it, it yeah. is because it, it's, it, and that's I think the other thing too. Watching this movie the other the other week, yeah. I was so conscious of that theory because it's been a while since I've watched Ferris, uh, quite a few years actually. Yeah, and then had seen you know, all the different theories online and so on and um was like, oh, you know, I'll rewatch it, be more mindful of that. Yeah. And then when that scene came, I was like, this makes this scene actually even better because now it's like, oh, of course it'd be so fantastical. Yeah, it'd be like this stranger just comes up on this float, starts singing and everyone starts singing along and becomes a full on musical scene because it's all a dream.
1: And then it's Cameron saying stuff like Ferris, he, he can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. I could never do that, you know? Um, it's it's an awesome movie. That's why I love it. I just have that personal connection to it as well. I watched it a lot growing sure, up. Yeah. I don't know how many times I must have watched that movie, um, but it was just constant rotation. And it's not like Star Wars Episode One or A New Hope. It's not like Home Alone or these other movies I watched a lot, which I rewatched them now. And I kind of, mm-hmm. I kind of check my watch, pull out my phone with mm. with Ferris Bueller. I think it's just so jam packed with funny moments, great scenes, great moment, funny bits um, that I'm just like, I'm in from start to finish and, and it just aged really well, you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, fair. So it, it's, like you said, it's more Cameron's film. He's the one going through that teenage angsty bit, but that's why it's my jam, man. That's why it's my pick.
2: Yeah. Oh, I love it, man. Great pick. Yeah. Very
1: good pick. Oh, thank you. John Hughes, yeah, responsible for quite a number. John of Hughes
2: them. done so many. I mean, yeah. Um, obviously that and... Like 16 um,
1: Candles 16 uh, Candles,
2: Pretty in Pink, Some Kind of Wonderful Yeah, uh, Uncle Buck, Plains, Trains like, But
1: I mean, an earlier John Hughes stuff was um like Pretty in Pink Is that the one, or is no, I'm thinking of 16 Candles It didn't age too well
2: Oh my god, I saw watched that the other week yeah. as well And oof, like that's a rough, it's a rough watch Yeah uh, Now um, Kind of leaned a bit
1: too much on the horny high school genre <laughs> yeah
2: yeah it definitely falls more into that category than yeah. the coming of age in a lot of ways yeah it's i mean look i think if you're uh if you can watch it through 80s eyes maybe you will appreciate it. i'm sure at the time it was yeah uh, it was more uh understood then but i think uh now through 2023 eyes i just really couldn't it was oh, I found, sad, found difficult it? yeah it's just um yeah it's there's yeah, just Emily Michael Hall basically harassing Molly Ringwald constantly. Yeah. There's definitely allusions to date rape that's played off for laughs. There's, there's, you know, a I character think, there who's literally just there for, you know, racial stereotype It's just there for laughs. There's another character that's disabled who's just there for laughs and it's for literally laughing at oof. both those, both those things. Things like that, which just really overshadowed the movie and enjoyment for me. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't want to be too harsh on it. I'm sure some people loved it. I'm sure some people, especially in the 80s, you yeah. know, really liked it. But for me, these days, uh, it really really didn't hold up well for me.
1: Nah, nah, me neither, man. I think I tried to watch it even as like a 19, 20-year-old and it it was still like, nah, this, ugh, you know, hard to get past some of those bits. Um. But I think a lot of those horny high school elements of Sixteen Candles was uh, not John Hughes' input. I think there was maybe some pressure from um, other, you know, maybe studio interference or whatnot, mm. producer interference to insert more gross, you know, high school gags. Try and
2: be like the Porkies and yes. the, so on. Yeah.
1: Yes, which is why when uh, I think the further into it he got, the more that stuff kind of got drawn out of. Well, yeah, I mean that. this is yeah.
2: this is very early on his and his career yeah be, so
1: but john hughes is like you know he's responsible for um i mean so much of when we think of like 80s teen movies we're essentially just thinking of john hughes films absolutely including yeah. my pick including your pick late on club. me the breakfast club is now 706
2: you have exactly eight hours and 54 minutes to ponder the error of your ways any questions yeah does barry manilow know that you raid his wardrobe
0: a brain a beauty a jock, a rebel, and a recluse. I can't believe this is really happening to me. Before this day is over, they'll break the rules.
2: <coughs> Chicks, can I hold this smoke? That's what it is.
0: Bear their souls.
2: I'm a nymphomaniac.
0: Are your parents aware of this? Take some chances.
1: Being bad feels pretty good,
0: huh? And touch each other in a way they never dreamed possible. Why'd you do that? Because I knew you wouldn't. The
1: Breakfast
0: Club. They only met once.
1: Yeah, nice. so... I knew it all along. Yeah,
2: of course. Yeah, I think many people who know me know how much I love this movie.
1: I love uh, that you love this movie. Yeah.
2: It, yeah. This movie... Uh, where do I start? It's, um, Yeah, I haven't watched this movie in quite a few years, but uh, it's always had a special place for me. Yeah, uh, It's kind of a movie that I, uh, I wish I'd watched when I was actually in high school. Yeah. Um, I watched it probably a few years after high school. But still, even then, it was close enough to high school that I could, you know, appreciate the messages and the characters and everything that was done in the film. I think um, this movie for me deserves to be number one. Yeah. Deserves to be the best 80s teen movie because this movie, more than any other movie, um, speaks to teenagers and treats them into respect and treats them with their, you know, gives them a voice and lets them, well, at least it feels like it anyway. It feels like you're giving a real voice to teenagers and letting them talk like they talk Mm. about things that are important to
1: them.
0: Yeah. So
2: that's that's why for me it's, and it's also why I think it's a great movie but also why I think it should be the number one for the best of the 80s teen movies
1: i know what you mean man like when you watch the movie and you watch like emilio kind of break down and you know because he's the he's the jock one mm-hmm. um and the moment where he like he breaks down and he's like you know i fucking hate you, dad you know that kind of thing i think like that's a bit of a cliche now mm. but you, but you really need to uh, to appreciate it fully like i think you got to try to pop it in the context of when well, it came out as well. Like, oh, absolutely. Well, I talked about I 16. Hate Your Dad wasn't the... Like, there weren't good Charlotte songs about, <laughs> about <laughs> hating your dad or Simple Plan wasn't even a thing for at least another 18 years.
2: Uh, no, I think as much as I'm sure some things maybe haven't aged as well in this movie, I know some things definitely have in terms of, like, I talked about 16 Candles before and uh, that's very dated. Um, this movie... Uh it's sorry, what am I saying?
1: It's not Inspector Gadget. <laughs> it's definitely not Inspector not Gadget. Not on that level. Um Well maybe I can maybe I can like just um tag team in while you hold that thought. Okay. Please do. Because I like you, I do like this movie. I like it a lot, but there are some things about it um that bother me. And it's not so much like dated elements. Like I know that the whole, give the ugly girl a makeover so that the jock thinks she's cute, like, that annoys me, but it doesn't ruin the movie for me. The, the thing that, for me, that where I don't pop it on that same high tier, mm. and don't don't get me wrong, though, a lot of people adore this movie, and I think a lot of people would agree with you, this is the iconic 80s teen movie, and that it does, like you said, like, it does treat these characters with respect, it, it gives like a voice to each of the little, uh, little, sorry, I don't mean to patronize, but it, it gives a voice to these, you know, there's a nerd, there's a jock, there's a, a rebel yeah. outcast. But I just really don't like Judd Nelson's character. Right, I think he's such a fucking dick. And I hate that they hook him up with Molly Ringwald at the end, mm. because I think if it was a real movie and real high school life, I don't think she would respond to um, him the way she does at the end of the film. I think I think it's like just such a setup for you know Mm. um, to tie a nice little bow on the movie. But I'm like, because he he says some awful things to her, and they kind of gang up on her to reveal that she's a virgin, Mm. and they kind of do it in such a way where it's like um, you're having this moment of growth as a character mm-hmm. you know because the, all the other characters have a, a growth moment um, which I think are great but her moment is the group pressures her to reveal that she's a virgin and then the movie kind of tries to make me the audience feel like that was her growth moment whereas I just kind of watch it and be like ah, that was just kind of actually kind of shitty and now she's hooking up with this dude it just pulls me out of it, anyway. But that's all okay. I'll say. I don't want to, and I and I hate the way Michael C. Hall cries. And anyway, okay. <laughs> but um, all right, there's a lot to digest right now. A lot of need for me to <laughs> maybe get back to. But I uh, in see, saying what that, what I was kind of what I was
2: trying to say. Can I cut you out? My you can you out?
1: tag team back in. Okay, all right. thanks,
2: man. <laughs> all I to say, what I was talking about before was that dealt with a lot of issues and a lot of gave a lot of voice that uh, I think a lot of movies now have done but it' been a, especially at the time it wasn't really films weren't really doing mm, yeah uh, exactly. What, what I meant by it being dated and not not being dated dated in terms of maybe some of the um, yeah like you're talking about with uh, but not dated in terms of um, giving yeah. a representation to teenagers but I talking agree about with what you're you talking Dis- about,
1: despite my little nibbles about it like i i agree with what you're saying like yeah it, it was a big shift in teen movies exactly. and, and how it wrote these characters absolutely yeah and so yes. for
2: that like it, and a lot of been in quite some time i think post that for really uh other movies to really explore those territories yeah. it felt really you know uh quite some time after that before we saw other movies do what breakfast club did and it, uh, and there's
1: one thing if i'm going to give it a shout out the one thing that I do love when I rewatch it is Emilio's story about what he did to another nerdy you know, classmate yeah. and the reasons why he did it. And he says he did it to impress his dad. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he felt like you know, he did it because he says, uh, I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's something like, um, you know, if, if people are weaker than you, then you need to essentially bully them. Mm-hmm. And so while the movie, you know, I've got these other bits, it's like, it's sort of, it's sort of just, you know, uh, putting like toxic masculinity in the, in the spotlight for that character's arc yeah. long before that was even something being exactly. discussed. So that's, quite a what that's what I'm
2: talking about. Oh, but,
1: absolutely. I, yeah. I feel bad even shitting too hard on it. I still, I still think those are. You know, it's just my experience with it, but I do I will sort of throw the movie quite a bit of praise and credit where I Oh you know, I know. also see that but it's going back
2: very to, progressive. I agree, agreed. Yeah. Exactly. But going back to what you're saying about with Judd Nelson and Molly Ringwald, Oh, he's such a prick. It doesn't he, he's but he's the antagonist. He's the anti-hero of the film. Like he, yeah. he's there to push her, to propel her character forward. He has to be the jerk in that thing to make yeah. her character develop and grow. So he's he's the necessary evil, basically. I know, and and his character that's why I give it a pass because I think it works. It works in terms of what you know. She puts down that princess facade, the the what she rebels against that importance of social status, you know, that she thinks that she elevates up and thinks that's important. I know, yeah, I I I because of him him that that she gets to, you know. I mean, I get you. Maybe a double relationship, maybe not as necessary, unnecessary. Like having to.
1: I, you know what? I would have uh, been happy romantic with... Romantic story
2: arcs in the, in the film, maybe not as important, but it's fine for me.
1: I think that it would have worked for me more if I just had one more moment between the two of them that mm. that, that that just sort of hinted that there was something, like there, that there was some kind of mutual attraction yeah, leading okay. up to it. Because Fair I enough. think the the bits that we do get, they're so... Um, that some of it is just a bit more heated and it's like, oh, I don't know... But yeah, if I had that one extra scene, I'd believe it a bit more that yeah. they would, that she would uh, want to hook up with him at the end. Uh, but, you know, Judd Nelson has that great moment where he's talking to, is, it's not the principal, but he's sort of just like the hard ass teacher. Yes. And, and yeah. the teacher is like telling him to, you know, the teacher's really like tearing him down
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he's, and he tells him to throw a punch at him, like go take a swing because yeah. he's like, if you, he's just saying like, if you take a swing, I'm just going to beat the living shit out of you, mm-hmm. you know? And, and then it'll be my word against yours. And Judd Nelson doesn't do anything. It's just really sad. And and that moment helps alleviate some of my frustrations with that character mm-hmm. because it, it's, it helps rationalize like, this dude is getting bullied at home and he talks about that and being abused at home, which he talks about. So he abuses other people. I get it. I get all that aspect too. But that moment with the teacher is like, oof. I really feel for Judd Nelson in that moment. Yeah, yeah. oh for sure. You yeah. know, I'm glad they popped that in there.
2: Yeah. But it, you talk okay. Oh, you talked before about um them being the archetypes, them being the um yeah, you know, the jock, the nerds.
1: They um, sign off with it. Yeah. You know, I, I, a brain, I, a princess.
2: I, the whole main theme of that movie, I think, is just so well done and it's yeah. so important that goes back to what i was saying before about the movie just being really important in terms of giving a voice to teenagers yeah um, because it's talking about like things that not only does society think is important but we ourselves when we're teen uh, when we're kids and we're high school kids think is important when we you know create these identities about ourselves as others do these singular categories these Barbie, Jock, etc., and we think, mm. you know, they become our whole identities. And this whole movie is all about, you know, stripping that away and just like revealing our true selves, and that we're really much more multifaceted and interesting people than just the Jock yeah. or the Barbie or. Well, Michael C. Which is Hall. why this movie so great. It's such a movie that's like for me. It's such a movie that is important as a teenager to watch because it's like, no, you're not just. Yeah. You're not just that kid who's the geek. You're not just that kid who's the jock. You're much more than that. And that's why it's, to me, such an important movie.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, the jock is actually, you know, uh, like, you know, we we're saying, like, he hates his dad. But but the jock is, you know, talking about things that are, you know, like we we're saying, like, that's toxic masculinity is yeah. what we know of it today. And the nerd is, you know, Michael C. Hall, he's, He's saying that his parents are essentially saying anything but A's just isn't good enough. You know, mm-hmm. he's under this immense pressure. Yeah. Um, but the, one of the saddest ones is uh, the character that just says, my parents ignore me. You know, yeah. that's that's the girl with the frizzy L- black L- hair. 80, yeah. yeah. She's like, my parents ignore me. Yeah. It's like, man, that's fucked up. And you see it at the start of the movie when she gets out of the car and she's like, bye. And they just drive off. They just ignore her. We yeah. don't know why. She says she's a pathological liar, but, <laughs> you know, like... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no, nah, you're right, man. I, it's all I,
2: relatable. It's all relatable stuff that we can all could, you know, maybe have not us,
1: ourselves. But
2: it's like I feel like there's a lot of characters that you can relate to in that film. Yeah, has a lot of, if not you, somebody you knew growing up.
1: And during the making of that film, uh, they, you know, John Hughes had a script, but then when he got all of the actors to come on board, they would do readings of it, yeah. like table readings, and then go over it. Um, and some of them would say, like, I don't like this build. Take, tear this shit out. And eventually, I think they all just collaborated and wrote more stuff. And Mm -hmm. John Hughes would go back. He was such a crazy writer. He would write so quickly, but he was able to write different drafts. And then the whole cast and crew would sit down and, well, maybe not the whole crew, but the whole cast would sit down and read, pick their favorite bits out of the draft, add their own little ideas. It kind of mishmashed into what we got. So like scenes where Michael C. Hall is saying, will we actually hang out? You know, tomorrow, this is all well and good, all this bonding shit, but are we going to hang out mm. when when we see each other next week? And I don't know if you get like a proper answer to that question. Judd mm. Nelson points out how fucked up it is that it, they probably won't say hi in the hallway, you know. yeah. But I feel like that's the kind of stuff that does uh, ground it more in the actual reality of being at high school. 100%. You yep. can it's have these moments of, where you, yep. you've suddenly bonded... You've had an afternoon bonding with the cool girl or the or the sports dude, but then you're not going to actually be friends later because you've mm-hmm. got to stick in your lane, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, yep. And a great fucking track at the end of that movie to top it all off. One of my oh. favorite songs from the eighties. Simple Minds. Don't you forget oh. I me? Mean?
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 ah.
2: Yeah. what a jam! Oh man, speaking of great soundtracks, I mean that's the other thing too. I think we haven't really talked about through this whole episode, but there is a lot of amazing soundtracks in a lot of these '80s uh, teen movies. But uh, goodness. uh, you know,
1: the moment you said "Lost Boys," I pulled up that "Cry Little Sister" song. <laughs> oh yes, Cry
2: Little Sister.
1: Yeah, what a what a fucking jam!
2: Uh, yeah, and n- this movie is no exception. This not is, at all. Nice. I think "Don't You Don't you, Don't You Forget About Me" is kind of you're going to pick one movie that kind of just encapsulates yeah. 80s uh, music, this yeah. would be one of those picks. Uh, incredible. This movie's fantastic. Obviously, um, I talked about before with the, you know, struggling to know our true selves and how we're much more multifaceted than you know, we get pigeonholed as as, as teenagers. Um, but it's also now that whole struggling to, you know, have an idea of what... Um, having an idea of th- how things are at your age and having an idea of who you are and what you want to be and all that stuff. Um,
1: all the pressures you feel.
2: Yeah. Um, obviously you talked about Emilia's character who's fantastic. Um, all the characters have, they grow a lot more from what they start as the film for me. It's just, yeah, they're just all really three dimensional characters. Yeah. That, that's, that's as simple as that. Um,
1: and you can tell that they all maybe popped in some ideas of their own.
2: Well, it doesn't surprise me when I hear that. Yeah, great movie. I saw a thing earlier today that was about... um. There's that statue that's featured throughout most of the library scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a statue of like a woman's body, but she's got like um, no arms. And she's sort of like... it's kind of symbolises... I know yeah. You,
1: uh, yeah, I know I know that statue you're referencing. I just can't remember the name of it. Yes. Yeah.
2: And so like in a lot of ways that um uh sorry, that signifies like their development and growth. Oh, cool. And that they kind of feel not quite whole, that like they're yeah. you, know, you know, missing limbs, that they're like, you know, like a statue, the malleable and that. You know, there's just so much symbolism with little things like that. Yeah, like, cool. Uh, but also going back to what you're talking about with the um, them having all this input, it's a stage play in a lot of ways, this movie. It all takes place pretty much, not just in a school, but in a library. And so it doesn't surprise me that the cast yeah. would have so much input, like a great play would. Yeah, uh, It's because it's all about the characters bouncing off each other and the actors just really acting the shit out of it. I think everyone does in this movie.
1: How great is the janitor as well? Yes, right. The janitor so just pops up and he's like the wise janitor mm-hmm. calling people out on their shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's great. Now, I'm glad you mentioned that movie, dude. I'm glad we had a chance to talk about it because in my in the back of my head, I've always felt like it was, um, I don't know, like it the, the elements that I didn't like of it kind of weighed down my enjoyment yeah, of the rest of it. Enough. But I think after our chat, I think I'll be able to like go back and and enjoy it more and sort of let go of some of those little bits and pieces that bothered me. Fair enough. Um, Because I I can appreciate it more now from your perspective as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. One last thing I'll touch on before I uh, get too, you know, (laughs) deep on the themes I love about this film. But one last thing um, that I love that I think a lot of other movies do following this is that whole, and especially 80s teen movies, is that whole, um, you know, the – Adults don't understand us, kids thing. and this Parents does that just really don't well. understand. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, um, and that, you know, obviously right at the start of the movie, we get that amazing Bowie quote. Yes. Uh, yeah. What is it? Um, let me pull it up. Uh, and these children that you spit on as they try to change their worlds are immune to your consolations. They're quite aware of what they're going through.
1: That was Molly Ringwald's idea, I think. Yeah, there you go. To, to include that quote. Yeah. Don't, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the... Uh, imdb trivia slice it's a cool quote
2: yeah and that sums up the movie really well it yep. sums up there a whole you know you know uh, and then also you know the uh janitor talks about the principal well not principal the teacher yeah you know he's like he's like no no you're not the kids aren't the problem you're the problem yeah you used to be like them Used lots. to be like them yeah you know and that's that whole yeah and that's again it's this movie man it's a great movie it's a great movie i think uh, that i yeah. think a lot of I think it still holds up in a lot, a lot of ways, despite some small little, you know, potential things that have dated. I think as generally overall, this movie, I think it holds up very, very well. It's been very important for a lot of kids, especially 80s, 90s kids growing up. Um, so, yeah. you know, going like, hey, I'm not just, I'm not just that geek. I'm not just that jock. Yeah. I'm much more than that. I have a lot more potential. And yeah, thank you. Thank you, Hughes.
1: Yeah, man, a, a really good movie to cap off the episode with. I'd say I'm really glad you picked it. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm happy we got to chat about it, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm with you, man. Like, Ferris might be my favorite, but I'd say for a lot of people, they'd be they'd be popping Breakfast Club up there. Yeah, yeah. definitely.
2: Uh, but as I said earlier, if we had to pick one, I uh, as much as I love Breakfast Club, and I personally think that should be the our uh look who's podcasting best 80s teen movie i also think uh ferris bueller man has a great time and it's iconic for a
1: reason are we are we under the pump to pick one is this a new thing Uh, i don't don't think we have
2: to i'm just saying i mean last episode was easy we both
1: just we both it
2: it is i just i didn't think it was i thought it was going to be a bit of a debate there in terms (laughs) of uh, and i thought you know there was going to be other movies potentially like conan that i thought maybe you were going to like be like Nah, conan's the best and then it was like
1: Worked out, dude. I'm willing to cede this uh, to you if you do want to start this up. I'll I'll give you Breakfast Club. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll All right. In it, that I'll case. make it the pick. No problem. You've argued it well. <laughs> Thank uh, you. But that's another episode done for us, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we're going to be back with more subgenres of the '80s. I yes. think we're going to return to this quite a bit. I think we're doing sci-fi next, right? I'm doing some sci-fi. We got nice. some other fun Wild stuff it. coming up. Some guests coming on. We're gonna. Uh, sprinkling those episodes as we go yes. just so that we don't overload on the 80s too much uh, but yeah thanks again everybody for listening
2: yeah thanks thanks folks uh have a good one uh, feel free to check us out on instagram at look who's podcasting or check chuck us an email at look who's podcasting at gmail.com
1: yeah you can't find us on twitter anymore it's it's x now x and yeah i, I don't know, think we're are we on x i just deleted our account Nah, no no loss. i was like yeah whatever peace out everybody though see <laughs>
2: so, yeah, <laughs>